Can we say that this morning? What a wonderful name that is. And they shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. I say what a savior this morning. What a redeemer. The lamb of God that was worthy to take away our sin. Pay redemption price. What a privilege it is to serve God this morning. Let's love him today with all our hearts as we go to him. You go to him and speak to him now. Let him reveal himself to you through the word. Father, we bless your name today and give you honor and glory. For it all belongs to you. There is none like you. Lord, the prophet would see you coming and say, Why, he's wonderful. He's the counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the prince of peace. He's the everlasting father. Of his government, there won't be any end. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for the privilege of being sons. Sonship. Knowing who we are. Offspring of the Almighty. Lord, we're that by new birth. By the Holy Ghost, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of the Word of God that liveth and abideth forever. Today, Lord, we stand here as people that are called in this end time, sent forth into this last day for a purpose, to fulfill a plan of God, a plan of redemption. And we're here in the very closing hours of the world's history. The Gentiles' days is quickly coming to an end. And we're here at the last. I pray, Lord, that we'll press on. We'll press forward today. We'll let nothing hinder us. Let nothing pull us back. But let us press forward. Every person, Lord, have it within their heart. Today, today I serve God. Tomorrow I serve God. Throughout my life, I give him for service, to surrender my life to him, to be all that I can be. I pray, Lord, for healing for those that are in need. Lord, a little brother from India just wrote me. He's got a need, Lord, for his, his family, his situation. I don't understand it all, but you do, Lord. I pray, God, that you'll meet it. Lord, even, even so, Lord, around the world, There are those that are struggling, those that are dealing with situations. May they know that there is a God that is among us. A God who who knows the sparrow that falls to the ground and says, How much more are you than one of these? I pray today that you will cause them to rise up on wings of faith to believe the word of God. To receive it. In the name of Jesus, for your glory, we ask it. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Isn't it wonderful to be in the house of the Lord today? Trusting the Lord's blessings would be upon you and his anointing on your life. Amen. I, I want us to sing a couple of verses. I don't know how many verses there are, but I just kind of felt like singing this morning. There's power in the blood. Amen. You believe there's power in the blood? Wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb.
praise the Lord today for the blood of Christ. Amen. For we have redemption through his blood. Amen. Forgiveness of sin. Luke chapter 7 verse 6 we'll read from this morning. We welcome you to the house of the Lord and trusting that he will speak to you today through the word and reveal himself to you in a very, very wonderful way. Amen. Luke chapter 7 verse 6. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed, but speak the word only. For I am also, for I also am a man set under authority, having under me soldiers, and I say unto one, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. And Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turned him about, and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Amen. And then it would be in Matthew 8 and verse 13, and Jesus said to the centurion, go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it unto thee. And when they were sent, returning to the house, found the servant whole that had been sick. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Trust in his blessings on the word this morning. Amen. That he'll reveal himself to us through the word and anoint it to our hearts. Amen. As we look into this portion of the scripture today, our thoughts are going to um, correspond with these things that we have read from the scripture. As you notice, the, the centurion said just... Just speak the word only, and my servant will live. And that's what we're going to be speaking upon today as we ministered some uh, weeks ago, talking about man, uh, Mount Transfiguration and um, being commissioned to speak. That God has a people in this last day who he is equipped to, to handle the sword of the word. And that sword, of course, is held in the mouth of the believer. That's where it's held is in God's mouth. If you see in the book of Revelation, there was a sword proceeded out of his mouth. It was the word of God. Now, if we would notice, um, there's just a couple of things that I want to share with you as we go along. One, we're going to go to the Old Testament. And this is instruction to Moses found in Exodus 4.12. And um, here, God's commissioning Moses from the pillar of fire. And he says, now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. Now Moses had argued, I don't know how to speak. I don't know what to say. And God had told him already, put words in his mouth, go tell them, let my people go. 
And, and, um, and he protests, and then he turns around and he says, now go, and I will be with thy mouth, and I will teach thee what thou shalt say. Now this is an Old Testament principle of God sending a prophet out in an exodus to call a people to a promised land. And this is his commission that he gives It says, I will be with your mouth, and I will teach thee what thou shalt say. Now, I'd like to also turn to the book of Luke, and I would like to read from uh, chapter 12, verse 11, and uh, I want to read from the words of Jesus, because I believe the words of Jesus, of course, are specifically to us. When you say that, all the word of God is for us. So again, Luke chapter 12 and verse 11, and when they bring you into the synagogues and unto magistrate and powers, now powers is authorities. So when, I, when they bring you to, uh, uh, up to the synagogues, to the magistrate, to powers, take you no thought of, of how or what you shall answer or what you shall say. For the Holy Ghost, now what's these words, shall teach you in that same hour what you ought to say. So Jesus teaches us also a principle that when we are faced with things, don't, don't worry about what you're going to say, how you're even going to respond. For the Holy Ghost is there to teach you in that same hour what you ought to say. Now, Again, he would say in Luke 21 and verse 15, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom. I want you to read this with me, if you will. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. So this is the words of Jesus to you. I'm going to give you a mouth And I'm going to give you wisdom with that mouth, which all your adversaries, that's the enemy, the devil, Satan, his kingdom, shall not be able to gainsay or argue against or resist. Now, these are the words of Jesus. Now, I want you just this morning for the sake of this sermon, I want you to enlarge your thinking just a little bit. Because Jesus has said, when you face powers and authorities. Now, he would actually actually put a face on them. And he said, there will be times that you'll be brought before the synagogues, for the magistrates, uh, for others. And you will be questioned and you will be challenged. And you will will wonder, you know, he said, don't even wonder in your heart, what am I going to say? But you know this that I will be with your mouth, and I'm going to give you wisdom. Now, I just say that if he does that for us against mortal men, what about the spirit behind them? Amen. The spirit of the enemy that would use the face of man to oppose you. 
And now, now, of course, this, this could be, it could take on many faces. It could, it could take on the face of agnostic. It could face, take on the face of an atheist. It could take on the face of a doctor. It could um, take on the face of um, uh, maybe even a school teacher. Or it could take on the face of society. Or, you know, it could take on many, many faces. But the, the point of it is, is not what face that it uses. Amen. It may, it may be there behind a hideous disease or sickness. It doesn't matter what faith it is using. Are you with me? Matter maybe the past sins, or maybe um, a, a generational thing that is passed down from generation. I don't. It doesn't matter the face. It matters that that this. I will be with your mouth, and I'm going to put words in your mouth that the enemy will not be able to gainsay or resist. I'm going to teach you in that moment what you're going to, what to say. Amen. Now, the Holy Ghost shall teach you. Put in your mouth what you should say. Now, Jesus is saying, I will inspire your words that nothing can withstand them. Now, it was at that time of Exodus when, when Moses spoke that the plagues fell down on Satan's kingdom. And I'll tell you this morning, we are at another exodus. Amen. It's the time, it's the hour that you put away all your other gods. Amen. That you leave Egyptian gods behind you. Amen. In that, in that we, we don't take the gods of Hollywood. Amen. We don't take the gods of science. We don't take the gods of worldlyism. We don't, we don't bow down to the gods of sports. Amen. We are not, we're not here to image any of them. We're not to image Sodom. Amen. That's why that our, that our, our ladies, you know, dress like a lady and men are masculine and not feminine. Amen. Because why? We are, we are modeling Christ in this age that we're living in and, and mirroring to the world that, um, of, the, of the who our God is. Who is it that we serve? Amen. As, as it would be said by Joshua, choose you this day whom you will serve. It's still a choosing day. But anyway, it's the time of Exodus that Plagues fell on Satan's kingdom. That words came out of a man's mouth and created flies and gnats, commanded frogs, and his message was, let my people go. I say we're in another exodus today. And the message comes back around, let my people go. I mean, this is a time where that the people of God must walk into complete freedom. I mean, to realize I am not a slave to sin. I am not a slave to unbelief. I'm not a slave to the darkness of this world. I do not bow down to the king of this world, to Sodom, or to the queens of this world. 
the drag queens that are around. I don't bow down to none of them. I don't mimic them. I don't look like them. I don't emulate them. I'm not a part of them. I am a part of another world and another people. Amen. I've got a different king than what they have in this world. And I'm here representing the very country that I am from. This time of the exodus, words out of a man's mouth created flies, gnats, commanded frogs to come. His message, as I said, was let my people go. And that's the message of God this morning. Amen. That no, no matter what the complex, no matter what your past experience was, no matter what has been placed upon you by, by, and, and, uh, by others or by situations or whatever it is, the message is the same. Let my people go. Amen. Let my people go, whether it is sickness, whether it is death, whether it's the, well, no matter what it is, it is the message that says, let my people go. Amen. Because we are here at another exodus at another time where, where that God is calling a people who will plague Satan's kingdom until he turns God's people loose. That's what I'm here for this morning is, is to preach the word. Amen. Because I know the words have power in them to liberate God's people. To break chains off of life. Amen. To, to expel unbelief. To give overcoming, conquering power to a people. Amen. To empower them with words. Now, words came out of, of this man's mouth as he tore Satan's kingdom down. Moses. He had none of that slave mentality. He acted as a prince with God. Moses was circumcised and in covenant with God. He had a blood offering that covered his sins past. Under the blood covering of sheep and goats, he walked forward in the name of I am that I am. This is who he told him, said, go tell who sent me or who sent you. He said, tell them, I am that I am. Not I was that I was, but I am that, that I am. I'm the present God. I'm here to reveal myself in a, a greater measure in the, than even what your fathers knew me. Amen. Because here I come as a deliverer. And we are in the hour of one of the greatest deliverance the world has ever seen. Amen. The rapture of the church, the change of our bodies. Amen. To meet the Lord in the air. Amen. This is the hour of deliverance. Under the blood of sheep and goats, he walked forward in that name, Jehovah, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, he had a mountain that had to be removed. It was a colossal task. It was a huge mountain to get the, the release from Pharaoh. He was the mightiest king in the world at that time. And then to, to move millions of people 
from Egypt back to their homeland, the logistics of this would be staggering. Amen. And, and all, all of this would be done. All of this would be accomplished by spoken word. Amen. Now remember, the devil wants to get you to doubt your weapon. And if he can get you to doubt your weapon, you will never use it. But there has been left a weapon in the hands of the bride of Jesus Christ, and that's the word of God. And the word of God will defeat the devil anywhere, any place, any time, under any circumstances. Amen. It is a prevailing power. It is a quickening power. It is a power that quickeneth to life. Amen. Now, originally, sons of God operated by the word. It was the word that Adam and Eve forfeited. You see, it was a denial of the word. It was a rejection of what Christ said or what God said because, because here come the serpent to come along and begin to, to, to water it down and question it. Yea, hath God said. And his whole purpose and his whole motive was to get the people, to get Eve to disbelieve. And remember, this whole society that we're living in has got one purpose in it. And it is to get you to disbelieve. Amen. Now, but God's got one purpose of sending a message in this last day. And that is to turn your heart from unbelief back to faith again. Amen. That he will find faith on the earth. Somebody that will believe him. Are you with me now? Now, I just want to share with you just a couple of thoughts now as we're talking about because you see they, that when, when Adam and Eve forfeited the word, they lost their faith, which was the access to its power. The word was still there. Amen. The word still was true. The word still works. The word was still alive. The word still had power in it, but they lost their access to the word, which was faith. Amen. Because it come, they dropped down from faith into unbelief. Now, again, again, understand when man sinned, he, he separated himself from God. And it was like a great chasm became a big chasm that was put between him uh, and, you know, and God. Something was separating him. Now, you know what it was. It was his sin, his unbelief, that was separating him. Amen. Because it's only faith that can bring you back into God's presence. And unbelief took him out of God's presence. Are you with me? So it was sin now that, that caused a chasm between God and man. And there was no way back. Amen. There was no, there was nothing to breach the chasm. Amen. To make a bridge across the chasm. To bring them back over into, uh, into, into power again, into sonship again. So what God did was he accepted a substitute which was a lamb or a goat or sheep or something for blood. He had to kill something. Because the day you eat thereof, that day you die. 
And so something had to, had to die in order to bring back man, man back into fellowship with God again. So God did what? He slew an animal. And through the shedding of that blood, he made a remission for sins. Are you with me now? Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. Of course, this remission was only in part because it only covered sin. It would be like having a big stain here on your shirt and you take a, something white and you put over it. Well, you can't see the stain no more, but you can still see the big white blotch. You know there was something in the past, but you can't read now what it was, but it's still there. And man, that was all that the paint of the blood of bulls and goats could do. It could only cover sin. It could not annihilate sin. Are you with me now? So, so Abel now on the other side of the chasm, he, he, uh, you know, he, he, he realized I must, I must in order to approach God, in order to get across the chasm, in order to get back in his presence, in order to have the power that we lost, I must offer blood back again. Amen. Now, on one side, you know, a man was a son of God. He's an offspring of God. He's, he's the inheritance of the earth. He can control nature. He can speak into existence. And he's a creator himself. He's an offspring of God. Amen? But when he crossed, he, he, he separated his sonship. Now, being a sinner by nature, he's under the hands and dominion of Satan. And, but God, as we said, took a sacrifice. A chemical of the blood, the, bull, the blood of bulls and goats, and it would not divorce sin; it would only cover sin. So, like, you know, so but it's but sin was still there. But God, oh, I want you to get it. We're under a different covenant. Amen. This is a different day. We're not offering the blood of an animal. We're coming, bringing the blood of God's own self, His own life. Amen, which is the spirit, the life of the blood. Amen, and when you come with the Holy Ghost in your life, oh, hallelujah, you're not just on the other side of the chasm. There is no chasm no more. There is nothing that separates you and God whatsoever. You've not just crossed it, but it's done away with. Annihilated. By the blood of Jesus Christ. Now why is that? Because this blood is not a covering for sin. This blood is a bleach for sin. Amen. It so annihilates it. Oh, hallelujah. It so changes the chemistry until it goes back onto time and down through the, the cycles until it finally lays back on the head of your accuser, Satan. I want you to know you'll never go to hell for any of your sin, but the devil will. Amen. They were never your sins to begin with. That was his unbelief that he tried to crown your life with. But as a seed gene of God, there was a power in you. Amen. To rise up and be quickened by the Holy Ghost to throw off that unbelief. Hallelujah. Now, it was the blood of his own son that was the bleach that came down from heaven. When our sins 
are confessed and dropped into God's bleach, you can't find it. Amen. You cannot find it. Amen. Oh, my, if your sins have been remitted, let me tell you, by the blood of Jesus, it ain't there no more. Amen. You remember the song, you, you, you asked me why I'm happy? I'll just tell you why. It's because my sins are gone. Where are they? They're underneath the blood. Amen. And it isn't that, that they're still there. No, the chemistry of them have been changed until it goes back upon the accuser himself. Hallelujah. But what happens to the son? Now that's what happened to your sin. But what happens to the son? He becomes back in perfect fellowship with the father again. Standing on the other side of the chasm, the chasm completely gone with no remembrance of sin whatsoever. I'm talking to some people this morning, amen, that you're standing in the place where Adam once stood. Amen. The only difference between you and Adam was he was in an immortal body and you're still got to be changed. Amen. But we're back. We're back standing in the presence of God. Why, a man or woman that's been dipped in the blood of Jesus Christ, it kills all symptoms. Every molecule of sin goes back to the devil and laid on him to the day of judgment where his eternal destination will be into the lake of fire. And the chasm is not just bridged, but it's done away with never to come in remembrance again. God can, will never be able to look at you and say, oh, I remember there was a time. That memory is gone. His blood took care of that memory. Amen. That memory is gone. God can never remember you ever sinned. For you stand justified as a son of God that you never sinned in the first place. That's the power of the blood. Now, Moses was under the blood of bulls and goats. And under the blood of bulls and goats with his confession of the word, God could take that simple man and put words in his mouth. Think of that. Under the blood of bulls and goats. Under, under a, a time where there was still, there was still a remembrance. When there was a stain and then a, a covering. Because the blood of bulls and goats could never justify a man. It could never come, uh, declare him Completely righteous. Are you with me? It could not, let me just tell you, even the blood could not change his sinful nature. It could only anoint him. Amen. But even in that condition, he could be anointed to speak. And God could even in that condition teach him what to say. I'll 
be with your mouth and I'll teach you what to say. He said, Brother Tim, I'll tell you, I, you just don't understand. I, I don't know what to say to my kids. He'll teach you what to say. Don't even worry about it. He'll be right there with you. He'll give you the words at the, at the moment, at the time. Amen. And you, you have to do it believing it's going to work. Come on. Amen. You cannot do it in unbelief. You have to do it knowing it's going to work. Amen. Listen, when a word is released, it doesn't matter how long it takes. Amen. God said, let there be, and it was. Might have been a thousand years, ten thousand years before it was, but it was. It was. It no longer was in the past. It was now in the present. Come on. So God spoke to him. Now that's God's thought. You know why? Because God uses man. We're waiting on an angel to come down from heaven to speak for us. We're waiting on a time that, uh, you know, that, that something can happen. That something can happen, you know, and, and oh, we'll have this sweep or this move or this angel come and, and I'll be able to. No, God puts you on speaking terms now. Right. Now, so, so again, as we're, we're saying that you see, he would walk out there, Moses under the blood of bulls and goats, walk out there and take that stick. Now that stick was on, it was just a stick, right? It had been cut out of a tree and it was a dead dry stick. But it was representative, it was symbolic of the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It was symbolic of an authority. Hallelujah. Now, with that, uh, with that symbology, that symbol of authority, he was able to throw it down and see it was a serpent, pick it up. He had the power of binding and loosening. Come on, church. Amen. Now, this is going to be important to him because he would be walking down to Pharaoh one day who, who, who thought who, who thought, you know, the, the king of the, of, the, of, the, of the snakes was the cobra. And, and here, here up on his crown even was, was a sign of the, of the snake. Amen. But he knew that he, if he could bind the snake, he could bind any power underneath it. Amen. That whatever he bound was bound. And he knew the word that he was taking to Pharaoh was not only going to bind Pharaoh, but every devil underneath him. Hallelujah. Amen. Now what was that rod symbolic of? The name of Jesus Christ. I want you to realize this morning you have the rod of Moses at your disposal. You should be walking in Jesus' name. You should be talking in Jesus' name. Come on. You should be using Jesus' name everywhere that you go. And when the enemy comes, you hold out that rod. You're commissioned to be a believer. Amen. Now, it was the word spoken through Moses, the creator, because under the blood he was standing under the blood, he was standing in the presence of God. And now his words wasn't his own words. 
I'd like you to turn with me to John 15 and verse 7. We want to read a scripture here that is very familiar to us. John chapter 15 and verse 7. Now we're talking and we're speaking about the rapture anointing. Now for we are anointed to speak the word. So bear in mind as we go along this, just keep our thought in mind. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Is that the word of God? Amen. These are the words of Jesus. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Now, this is God's word. Of course, what the enemy does when you stand on this promise is he comes along and he tells you, but, you know, you had a little, uh, a, a little uh, tremor in your faith the other day. And, you know, you, you had this little doubt. Doctor said this or somebody said that. Or, you know, you got shook and shaken a little bit, frustrated and You've just not been abiding in him enough. And the reformers taught, as we come down through Luther, Wesley, you know, great men, um, you know, of uh, the different movements, like Andrew Murray, for example, he writes whole books on abiding in Christ. And abiding in Christ to, to the reformers were, you know, spending so many hours in prayer. It was the Wesleyan movement. And so, you know, it was the, the Methodist movement that would, would um, you know, had a method of, um, of getting God's blessings. And so it was a time of sanctification. And so, well, they, like Andrew Murray would, would write, and I've read his books myself, you know, abiding in Christ. And to abide in Christ, you know, was to keep thinking and meditating on his word and you know, keep keeping prayer, long hours of prayers and fasting, down on your knees and calling out to God. And that was abiding in Him and then letting the Word abide in you. And that would be that you were always memorizing the verses. And, you know, it was all works. Somebody help me preach now. It was all works. You know, if I can read the Bible so much, if I can listen to enough sermons, if I can just hear enough, if I can just stay in the presence enough, you know, but I got to work and I got a job and on the job there's frustrations and I get irritated and aggravated and all kinds of things that happens to me on the job and surely I'm not abiding in Christ. My mind will go here and my mind will go there and I'm getting busy here and Laodicea pulls me here and there and I just can't stay there. Oh, if I could just become a hermit and I could become a recluse. If I could just get a place that I could hide in a cave for a while. And it's surely there that I could abide. But that is not what Jesus was talking about. He is talking about you being a part of the vine. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. And you're not grafted in, you're grown out of him. And the life that was in the vine is in the branch. And it's in the branch that he bears the fruit. And he said, if you abide in me, 
and I abide in you. My words abide in you. How in the world do you get the abiding presence of God? It ain't through fasting. It ain't through loud crying. It ain't through all our prayer meetings and praying and praying and praying. That's not how you abide in him. How you abide in him is by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And when you get that Holy Ghost in your life, it puts you in power. Hallelujah. Amen. It's him abiding in you. It's you abiding in him. And it's you then have the authority to ask what you will. I'm a son. I'm an heir. I have the right to act as a son. I'm not a slave no more. Joseph, you're now, you're now the king. You're right next to the king. You're like a son to Pharaoh, Joseph. You're a great man. Oh, Joseph's over here. I got to go, I need to go check on the horses. Check on the horses. You send somebody to check horses. Have you forgot who you were? Amen. Well, you know I, I got to put on my mud boots today and get out here and, 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 and help. Do you know, not know who you are? You're a son. You, he had made you a son to Pharaoh. Amen. Let me tell you, he has made you a son of God, a daughter of God. Come on. Amen. You must get and put away your slave mentality. Amen. And say, I'm a son. Whatever I command, that's the way it's going to be. Whatever I speak, that's what's going to happen. Amen. Because I am a son of God, ruling not with my hands, but with my mouth. I say, I speak, and demons tremble when I speak. Hallelujah. When will the church realize its power? When will the church realize where we have what has happened? Something's being done. We speak to a mountain, say, this is my mountain. You speak to it, say, nothing's happening. That's impossible. Something's got to be happening. May not have been a grain of sand, but it's starting to move. Amen. One, one grain today, two tomorrow, ten the next, a hundred the next. Amen. Did you ever, you ever take a penny and multiply it? Huh? Until it become in the thousands and millions? Till it goes in the EEE on your calculator? Amen. It won't even take 30 days to do that. Amen. Just by doubling it. Let me tell you, God's doing more for you than that. Amen. He's got his word. And that word, you release it against your enemy. Amen. You speak to your mountain. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you ask. You don't abide in him through works of fasting, works of Bible reading, works of listening to tapes. The only way you can dwell in him is through the blood. Gonna take a drink on that one. 
Did you get it? The only way that you abide in him, the only way this water abides in me, it's got to come into me. The only way the spirit of God can come and can abide in you, it's got to come into you. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit. Hallelujah. He's been pouring it out since the book of Acts. Come on. And we're here in the last day where, amen, he's pouring it out. Oh. Amen. Come on. He's finishing the work. He's pouring out all of his spirit. And so of his fullness, we have received grace for grace. Favor upon favor. Blessing upon blessing. Hallelujah. So you don't abide in him through works of fasting. Works of reading the Bible. Works of listening to the tapes. The only way you dwell in him is through the blood. Not the chemistry of the blood. But the life of the blood. We sang a while ago. There's power in the blood. Well, go find me some. I'd like to have a pint of it. Or even if you could get this half full, I'd like to have that much of the blood. If you could just give me 10 drops, one drop, please, just one. You can't find the blood of Jesus, the chemistry of it that was 2,000 years ago. The Bible teaches us the life is in the blood. And there at Calvary, the blood cell was broke open, releasing the life of God, the Spirit, which come back on the day of Pentecost, and you have 120 men and women that are born of the blood. Hallelujah. I'm looking at men and women filled with the Holy Ghost today that are born of the blood of God. Amen. Now, I may have been humanly born of the blood of J.O. Pruitt, and you weren't, but I was. Amen. But I'll tell you, we got another blood that is greater than any human blood, and that is the blood of Jesus Christ by which you are born into that makes you a son of God. It makes you in the family tree. You abide in me, and my, my life is flowing through you. Now, it's an abiding. The life differed from the Old Testament. The life of the animal in its innocency could never come back on the believer. But this is different in the New Testament, that the life of your sacrifice has come to live in you. The nature of your sacrifice. Come on. The life and the nature of your sacrifice is living in you. Now, so it's come to dwell in you. I'd like to go with you, you to go with me rather to John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody help me preach now. Amen. He will abide with you as long as you're not going through a trial. As long as there's not some besetting sin that comes up. 
Come on. He will abide with you forever. Amen. Jesus was the, was the only man of all, of all the, if we could call him this, of the Old Testament prophets because the new covenant had not come until the blood comes. And so of the Old Testament, here he comes now. He is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Is that right? And it's the only one that the, the comforter comes to abide. The Holy Ghost comes to abide and remain upon. Amen. Moses, it would come and it would go. Amen. Jeremiah, it would come and it would go. But here it comes to abide forever. Amen. Now there are people, they receive only enough Holy Ghost that it just comes and they get a blessing and they shout and they speak in tongues and they run the aisle and they're back out in the world again in 30 days. That's not God's plan for the people of God. His plan is to seal you to the day of your redemption. And the day of your redemption is your body change. So his design is to come and abide with you forever. Hallelujah. And when he came upon Jesus in temptation, who won? Jesus won. Amen. In the hour of temptation, it held. He didn't lose it. Come on. When he was mocked and made fun of by the scribes and the Pharisees, he didn't lose it. Amen. Let me tell you something, young people. You can get that power of the Holy Ghost. When you go to school and you're mocked and you're made fun of, you don't lose it. You don't get talked out of it. Amen. But it abides with you forever. Amen. Verse 17. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Hallelujah. This is the indwelling of the Spirit of God. So therefore, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then ask what you will. Amen. Speak your need. Amen. 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 Speak your need. Speak to your mountain. Amen. Oh, who art thou, O oh, great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you become a plague. For he shall bring forth the capstone, crying or shouting, grace, grace. It's God's favor. Hallelujah. Oh, did you know it's God's favor upon you? If you got the Holy Ghost today, it's God's favor upon your life. The Holy Ghost overshadowed you. Amen. And that which was conceived of you was of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Blessed art thou among women. I say to you, blessed are you, church, among women today. Amen. Because the Holy Ghost has overshadowed the people. Amen. To possess their life. To abide in them. Now, just share with you a little something from, from, from Brother Branham's words here of God hiding himself in simplicity, then revealing himself in the same. He uses that same scripture. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then ask what you will, it shall be given you. Where is the church standing at? I think we ought to ask ourselves the question then. Where is the church 
standing at? What position are you in? Where does this position you? If you've received the Holy Ghost, where are you standing at? Where does this position you? All right. Where is the church standing at? Let there be frogs. There wasn't a frog in the country in an hour's time. They were 10 foot deep in places. What was it? It was God, the creator, hiding himself in a simple man. Come on. Where's the church standing at? Where are we positioned at? God is hiding himself in a simple people. God is present in his church. Oh, he said, I want to ask you something. If the blood of a bull or a goat be used for bleach, which can only cover, can put man in position to speak the creative word of God and bring flies into existence, why would you stumble at the bleach of Jesus Christ's blood who can speak a squirrel or something into existence? Don't you do it. Don't stumble over simplicity. Believe that he still remains God. Hallelujah, pardon of sin. Oh, I wish I could. Mark eleven twenty two. if you say to this mountain, be removed. And don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you said will come to pass. You can have what you said. Now, so this is where the church is standing at. They're commissioned to take the word. Not to become a collector. And this just become an item on your wall or in your collection. Come on. It is a word given to you to use. Amen. It's a message given to you by which you will defeat the devil with. Are you with me now? So they manufactured a stuff called bleach. The women use it. Clorox. If I got a tub of Clorox sitting here and I drop that drop of ink into the bottom bucket of Clorox, now you find your color. What happened to it? First thing it did, it hit the water, hit the Clorox. The chemical was so great until it sent it all the way back. You don't see any fumes or nothing. It's just gone. It'll never be no more because it's turned back to the original place where it comes from. And that's exactly what the blood of Jesus Christ does. To this, to sin, the blood of Jesus, confess your sin upon the blood of Jesus Christ. It omits, it puts it in the sea of forgetfulness and to be remembered no more against you at all. Amen. Now, where's the church today, brethren, if we're born to be sons of God? Where are we? Where do we stand? And Jesus said himself, and this is from the book of Psalms. If your own law said you were gods, amateur gods will control the earth. If they call these gods whom the word of God came to, it was a, which was the prophets, the word of the Lord comes to the prophet. And I say, and, and if you call him God, how do you condemn me when I say I'm the son of God? That's what Jesus said in John 10. Now, if the blood and bulls and goats could give a power to Moses to go out there by the commission of God, and stretched forth that rod and said, let there come flies. He had the word of God. He spoke that word. And when, in the, and when it come from God's thought, a word is a thought expressed. So when God thought it and put it into Moses' mind and he spoke it, it become a word. 
Notice the simple process. It came from God. Amen. It was put in Moses' mind, and he spoke it. Now, how easy is that? Come on. Amen. And Moses turned around and went went back, maybe not a fly in the country. An hour from that, maybe one old green fly began to buzz around. In a half an hour more, there was 10 pounds per square yard. What was it? The creative word of God was spoke by the lips of a mortal man. God uses men. God could have used the sun to preach the gospel. Could have used the wind to preach the gospel. But God chose men to preach the gospel. Amen. But what's the matter with the church today? There's something wrong. And he says, my opinion, we're not coming with that sincerity. Remember I preached that Wednesday night? Not letting that rope of sincerity down. Amen. Where your anchor can grab a hold of the promise. Are you with me now? Amen. But he said, if God could do that by the blood of bulls and goats and, and, and that only covered sin and made a perpetuation for the sinner, but the sin was still there, only covered over, what can he do through the blood of his own son that omits sin? Amen. God is not manufactured, but he created a blood that takes away all sin. Hallelujah. Are you a Christian this morning? Amen. Your sins are gone. Your unbelief is not yours anymore. Amen. You're a people of faith. A people of the promise. Are you with me? Mark eleven twenty four. What if you say to this mountain, move and don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you said will come to pass. You can have what you said. Oh, where's the Pentecostal church at today? Amen. You don't realize that confess. Truly confess sin, omit sin. And, and it, there's no omit. It builds a bridge across the chasm. As he goes on to say later, it takes away the chasm that takes man back in the presence of his creator and makes him a son of God. Amen. He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Amen. There you are. Very, very, I say unto you, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed, and don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you said will come to pass, you can have what you said. Glory to God. It's my God revealing himself in humility. Amen. God taking a humble, repentant sinner. Amen. Cleansing him by his own blood. Amen. And then dropping that confessed sin into that Clorox bleach of the blood of the Son of God. And putting his own life into that man. Amen. By the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he said, then, if we have the genuine baptism of the Holy Ghost, what's wrong with us? Amen. When Elijah dropped the robe for Elisha, he got a double portion. Amen. Let me just tell you again, when Christ went away, there was a portion of his self remained. Amen. He didn't take, he didn't take his power with him. Amen. He sent it back on the day of Pentecost. Amen. So people could be filled with dudamus, with power. Dynamic power. Amen, that they would be filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, my. He got a greater work. Jesus said, 
I'm going to go away. But the works that I do shall you do also. And greater than these shall you do because I go to my Father. So what's wrong, church? Come on. We're commissioned to do even greater than Jesus did. Amen. Now he said, you call us a Beelzebub of visions and things like that. Get off my back, brother. Get down to the cross. Get to the gospel. We don't have to impersonate. Why would you take an impersonation? Why would you take a false conception of it? When the skies are full of genuine Pentecostal power that makes a man or a woman a son or daughter of God that takes him back into the presence of God. You've got to get away from your own thoughts. You've got to let the mind that was in Christ be in you. Amen. You've got to stay there till every sin of fear, every sin of doubt is gone from your heart. There you are. What did Jesus do? He thought of himself of no reputation. He laid aside his reputation of God and became a man. Is that right? Is that what he did? Hey Amen. Is, is, is anybody dialed in this morning? All right. So what, what did he do? What did he do? He, he, he came. He condescended. He came down become one of us. He thought of it, not of his reputation. Hey Amen. He laid aside his Godship to come and operate as a man, to overcome as a man. To use the word like a man uses the word. Hallelujah. To beat the devil with the word. Amen. That's what he came to do. Amen. Now then, oh my, you are on the other side. We're not condescending to become human. We're rising, we're rising become a son of God. Amen. He's not come to push you down lower than human or to say that's all you are is a dirty dog sinful human. He came to elevate you from fallen man to redeem man. Back to sonship again. Amen. You got to get away from your own thoughts. You got to have the mind that was in Christ. Amen. Lay aside your reputation of being human. It's not a good one anyway. Amen. Lay aside that and realize I'm a son of God. Amen. I was commissioned. I'm called. I'm, 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 sent. I'm standing here as an unadulterated, born again son or daughter of God with the life of God in me to speak a word of creation. Let this mountain be moved. Now, let's just go forward in this. Give me just a few more minutes. Yeah, i got plenty of time. Now, it was when he spoke, when Moses spoke, the Red Sea opened. You know, they just come out with a scientific uh, thing that they, uh, the uh, archaeologists will find where they found a whole massive army that has been found in the Red Sea. God's word's true. Doesn't matter if they never found it. But they found skeletons and armor and all kinds of things. So they say, you know, that, that, that was an article that I, was passed to me this week. But anyway, when he spoke, when, when, when Moses spoke, the Red Sea opened. 
And fact of the matter is, God told him, I done told you what to do. I done put the words in your mouth. I done told you I would be with your mouth. You got the rod in your hand. Why are you crying to me? Speak and go forward. Oh, if you could hear the word of the Lord this morning, it's the same word. Amen. You got the name of Jesus in your hand. Amen. You see the Red Sea. You see something blocking your way, keeping you away from health, keeping you away from a promise, keeping you away. Come on. Amen. It's a Red Sea. It's an army coming behind you, want to try to consume you and destroy you. But I tell you this morning, take the rod. Amen. Hold that rod. Command the wind. Command the wind. Come here. Open up a path. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're not talking to an east wind and a west wind. We're talking to the wind of the Holy Ghost. Come here. Amen, come here. Amen, the Holy Ghost. Go right there, open up that path. Amen, this mountain must be removed. This Red Sea must be opened. He spoke. The Red Sea opened. We went through it last Sunday. He was told, he was told to go and smite the rock first, because Christ, symbolic, had to be spoken. The rod being a, a rod of judgment was taken and smet upon the rock so that life would come out of it. There God smoked Christ at Calvary for us. So that water, life-giving water would come out of, out of Christ. And then he comes down to another place after, can I say after Calvary. Before Calvary, the rock needed to be Amen. Sin had to be judged on the cross. You see it here on the wall. Jesus paid it all. Amen. Amen. But once he did it, life-giving water comes out of him. Amen. Now, the Bible said that rock followed them. If you read 1 Corinthians 10, amen, which happened to be the first, first place I, I, I preached out of when I was 15 years old, was 1 Corinthians 10, and it was there, he says, God wasn't pleased with them. Though they drank from the rock, and though they walked through the sea, and they did all of this because of all their unbelief. Amen, because that, that, because that they, they sat down to eat and rose up to play. Because, because they didn't realize what God was doing in that hour. That rock, he said, was Christ. Amen. Now, once after Calvary, he does not need to be smitten. All he needs is to be spoke to. Amen. You're to speak that rock. That rock followed them. Everywhere they went, the rock was. Amen. The ever-present water from the rock. It was available to them anytime, any place. 
Amen. What was it? It was only their unbelief allowed the rock to get away from them. The rock was still there. They just forgot about it because of their circumstance. And I'm just telling you, circumstances in life can make you forget. But he paid it all. But the doctor said this, but he paid it all. But my situation is this, but he paid it all. But I can't overcome this, but he paid it all. Amen. What have I got to do? Speak to him. Amen. They got away from the rock, but the rock didn't get away from them. And I'll tell you this morning, he's in speaking distance of anybody in this building or under the sound of my voice on the internet or wherever you are, he's in speaking distance right now. Hallelujah, all you have to do is call. He said, when you call, I'll answer. I'll be there. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Say, but Brother Tim, I feel real backslidden this morning. Well, your feelings lying to you. The rocks in speaking distance. Well, I feel real defeated this morning. Well, your feelings are lying to you because the rock is in speaking distance. Amen. All you have to do is speak to the rock and out of it comes life giving water. Hallelujah. You can read 1 Corinthians 14 later, but, but that rock represented a spiritual drink of God's word, his promises. His instructions were, take the rod. Take the symbol of authority. What symbol of authority do we have? The name of Jesus. Didn't he say it? In my name, you will cast out devils. Amen. It's only symbolic of the authority. It ain't saying a magic word. It's just symbolic of the authority. And the rod couldn't do nothing. It was a dead stick, but it was a symbolic of authority. Amen. The name of Jesus is our symbol of authority. And what, you know, what authority do you do this? In Jesus' name. Because he left me in his name, in his stead, to do his work here upon the earth. The works that I do shall you do also. And if it's mind-blowing, well, then greater than these shall you do. If it seems out of reach, greater than these. If you don't even see it in the Bible that Jesus did it, then greater than these shall you do. It's without limit. Now, as we said, Moses, instead of speaking to the rock, he spoke about his problem. And he looked over there, you rebels. Must I fetch you water out of this rock? You see, the people was his problem. The people were the ones chiding and aggravating him and, and killing him the trouble that, was, that he was having. It was the people. And he spoke to the problem rather than speaking to the rock. And he smote. Oh, my. Are you with me now? 
He turned around and smote the rock in his anger because he got all upset. Listen, Jesus don't have to shed another drop of blood for you. Amen. It was done once and for all. Is anybody here with me? Amen. It was done once and for all. Amen. So you see, speak to the rock. He's the answer to every problem. But he, speak, he spoke, you know, evil of God's people and, and called the people rebellious rebels. And so, so again, he chose to speak to the problem and this displeased God. God don't want you speaking to your, about your problem. He wants you to speak to the rock. Amen. Now, in Matthew 4 and Luke 4, Jesus defeats the devil in the hour of temptation. The only way a man can defeat the devil, and that is by the word of God. The word that spoke and, and uh, that God spoke and then anointing that with faith by speaking it. You see, you've got to take God's word. Now, you know, people get in there and, you know, well, you've got to know what word to say. Well, that's why he said he would give you wisdom. That I'll be with your mouth. Amen. That I, I, I will, I'll put words in your mouth. If you want to look, I, I just want to do this. Um, John 14, 26. Put that up there for me. This is the evidence of the Holy Ghost according to Jesus. Now, Jesus did say we would speak with new tongues. He said we would cast out devils. All these things follow belief. But this is what he said. Here was what he said would be the evidence of the Holy Ghost. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Now, this is not an external teacher. This is an internal teacher. Amen. He will teach you all things, number one, and he will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I said to you. So he'll bring the word back to your memory. Two things that he will do in your hour of temptation. Amen. He will teach you. You're at a crossroad. He'll teach you. He'll direct your path. Come on. Lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. He will direct your path. Number one, he will teach you all things. Secondly, what will he do? Bring to your remembrance whatever God said. Whatever his word says. Amen. So Holy Ghost filled man. Now Jesus said, if he, Jesus said if he looks upon a woman to lust after in his heart, he's committed adultery with her already in his heart. That's why, that's why you young men and women, that's adultery when you look at pornography. It's not just a little sin. It's a grievous sin of adultery. Jesus said, if you look, now here we are today and everywhere you look, everywhere you look, I mean, they can't get their pants on tight enough to the point they're wearing these leotards, it's just a sock over their body, 
where, that ever, where ever form can be showed leaves nothing to your imagination. Come on. And everywhere you look, it's nakedness, filth. Pornography is not just on the internet. Pornography is in your school. Pornography is everywhere that you look. You say, well, what is a Christian going to do? Well, Jesus said, if you look upon them and lust after your heart, you commit adultery already. So what does a thinking man do when he sees that? He, he, the word comes back to his remembrance. Amen. And you go back to the book of Proverbs of the foolish woman. Amen. The woman of the night and the life that she pulls you to. Oh, you think, oh, she's so beautiful. There ain't nothing beautiful about her. She, she's dirty. She's filthy. And man, she, she's, she ain't nothing there but to deceive you and to pull you down and to demoralize you and to wreck your life and to ruin your home and ruin your marriage, ruin everything. It ain't there. It ain't nothing good about it. Ain't nothing beautiful about it. It's something very ugly and deceitful. But the Holy Ghost in a man's life will cause a man to turn his head. And you say, oh, Brother Tim, but they're over here. And I look and I turn my head and they're there. And then I turn my head and they're there. And I turn my head and they're there. What am I going to do? Look up. You got somewhere to look. Look up. Because that's where your redemption is coming from. All of that was free. I got a lot of free things. God gives a word. Puts the Holy Ghost in your life to bring to your remembrance. Of course you got to get in the word for it to be brought to your remembrance. A Christian loves the word. A Christian reads the word. A Christian believes the word. Amen. When I talked about abiding in him and reading and, and studying and being in that, that was not to not doing that. That was just saying that's not how you abide there. Right. Amen. Well, how you abide in Christ is by the Holy Ghost, but that is your memory bank that when you are in the hour of temptation, you can use the word against the enemy. And the doctor said, you can't get well. And you say, the Lord's word comes to you, but I am the Lord thy God that heals all diseases. And by his stripes, I am healed. You say, well, Brother Tim, I'm, I'm lost today and I need saved. How, what word am I going to use? Well, here's the word. Here's one word I can use for you. And, and it's even a dual word. But he was wounded for your transgression. He was bruised for your iniquity. The chastisement, the whipping you should have got was upon him. And by the stripes he received, you are delivered. Amen. All we like sheep have one astray, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Amen. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. Amen. Repent ye therefore and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to you and to you and to you. And as many as the Lord our God shall call. It's the word to defeat the devil. Don't come along and tell me, well, it ain't for me, Brother Tim. It is. You're letting the devil lie to you. 
The Word of God. I want you to hear this. The Word of God. Now we get to thinking of the Word. Oh, if I could just get a word from the Lord. If heavens would just open to me. And I hear a voice. You're going to be well. You're going to overcome. You receive the Holy Ghost. If you could just get a word. Listen, Brother Branham. I want you to see this and get it now. The word of God. Written word of God. Will defeat Satan anywhere. Come on, somebody. Any place. Anytime. It is written. When Jesus stood there before the tempter. Come on. He did not hear a voice from heaven. With a fresh word. This uh, this will knock him out, boy. Come on. What did he do? He took the written word. And fact of the matter is, he was bold about it. It is written. But now it wasn't written anymore. It was spoken. And when it was spoken, oh, that hit the devil right there in the face. It was a one, two, three punch knockout. Amen. He won. He won. Why? He took the written word that had power in it. Glory to God. Amen. Oh, in the Psalms, he said he sent his words and healed them. Amen. The word is for healing. That's what he sent it for. He sent his word for, to, and healed them. That's deliverance. Whether it's on the soul realm or whether it's on the physical realm. The word of God is a deliverer. Amen. Now he said the word of God, written word of God will defeat the Satan anywhere, any place, any time. It is written. There it is. Everybody wouldn't have gifts. Jesus brought it down to a place for those who do not have gifts that don't even have very much faith. Oh, you hung up, didn't you? Try it again. Even those that didn't have very much faith could just say, it is written. Amen. That's all you got to do. Just take the word and put it on your lips and begin to speak that word against your enemy. Amen. Oh, let me just say it. You see, let me tell you. Now, you you say, whoa. It's just going to explode and go. Well, ain't nothing happened yet. No, the word is a seed. And in the seed is a dynamic life. And put in the right atmosphere, it starts growing. Amen. Maybe the first week you don't even see nothing. It's all beneath the the surface and invisible. But after a while, it starts. Come on. Until it bears the fruit. Amen. In its season. In its season. Come on now. Now, so the word of God is a seed. It has to be planted. It has to be spoken. It has to be confessed. 
Amen. And once it's confessed, then in that atmosphere, it can start moving. Now, the mistake a lot of people are making, I don't think, I think that word didn't have no life in it. Well, that's a wrong thought to begin with because the word of God has life. It's a living word. Come on. And so what they do is they go to digging up to see if something happened. Well, I still got this symptom. I still got that symptom. Don't look at the symptom. Amen. Remember, you planted a seed of promise. Amen. And you put it in the ground. Now, it may lay in the Bible for a thousand, two thousand I don't know how many years the Bible's been written. Maybe 4,000 some of the words have been written, but it's got as much power in it as the day it rolled off his lips and was recorded in the Bible. It's still got power in it. It's a seed. But you've got to plant it. You've got to take it out of the package. Come on, put it down in the heart. Speak it with the lips. And now commit it to God. Amen. Today I don't see nothing. Tomorrow I don't see nothing. Now laying in here, it can be like a grain of wheat they found in the, in the pyramids. Back from the days of Joseph, we understand. Laid there in the pyramids. For thousands of years. But they took the seeds out and went and planted them. And they come up. Now then, here's, your, here's the word. Come on. Amen. Here's his promises. Amen. It lays in there and it's dormant. Amen. There's, no, there's life in it, but it won't manifest life until you Put it in the atmosphere that it can bring forth life. And then you do that and you start watering it with praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to get abundant harvest. Amen. I know I planted one seed, but I'm going to get a hundredfold. Amen. I'm going to water it. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Your promises are true. I know they're right, Lord. I know I'm blessed. Amen. I'm blessed when I wake up. I'm blessed when I go to bed. I'm blessed because the devil has no power over me. That I'm more than a conquering Christ. Amen. I will get the blessings out of this word because I plan it. And I water it with thanksgiving before I see anything happening. I water it to bring the life out of it. Come on now. I'm going to slap you around a little bit. See these little bottles slap your mama? I'm fixing to slap the mama. Amen. But let me just tell you just a moment, church. Come on, this is, this is what's the matter with it. We hear great sermons. Amen, we hear a lot of word preached. And then there's not a lot of, there's not much watering with praise after the word has been given. Amen. I, I'm, I'm telling you, there's got to be a response to the divine promise. And if you can get the people begin to praising God and thanking God for the word that they heard and the spirit of God 
moving among the people, you'll see those promises start manifesting themselves. There ain't no fault in God's word. There's a fault in the complacency of the people of putting into action what they know to do. When a spirit born, here's your messenger. When a spirit born, how many is a spirit born? Spirit filled, how many spirit filled? Man in faith takes that word into his heart and places it upon his lips while that is the same as deity speaking. Every mountain has to go. Satan cannot stand before that man. It couldn't stand before Jesus then and it can't stand before the word now. Paul would say, The word came in power as well as voice. The word preached actually demonstrated itself. Like a flaming cutting sword, it went into the consciousness of man. Like a surgeon's knife, it cut out the diseases, set the the captives free. Everywhere those early believers went, they went preaching the gospel. The word and God confirmed that word with signs following. The sick were healed, devils were cast out, they spoke in new tongues, that was the word in action. The word never failed in the mouths of believing Christians. Hallelujah, the word has never failed in the mouths of believing Christians. And in this last age, it is here stronger and greater than ever in the true word bride. Oh, little flock, you little minority, hold on to the word. Fill your mouth and heart with it. And someday God will give you the kingdom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let me give you a scripture. Mark 16, verse 17. Here's a commission he gives every believer. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall. This is among believers. Believers will have this in their midst. Amen. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name. Come on, bring it down. We're here in his name, in his stead. If I come in the name of the government, I am coming in his stead with his authority. If I come in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm coming as his representative in authority sent by God. Amen. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. I mean, still believers now. Amen. Now watch. Jesus, remember how Jesus cast out devils. He cast them out by his command. He spoke to them and expected them to do what he told them to do. If he said come out, he expected them to come out. Amen. That's exactly what a believer does. Now watch. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Amen. Now, you see, this, this, is, this is exactly what Paul was saying in Romans 16, 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. 
Amen. Why is it that he's going to do it? Because the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the favor of God is with you. That's why Satan will be bruised under your feet. And if it hadn't yet, it will shortly. Amen. Amen. Somebody said to me, kind of loosen you up just a minute. Somebody said to me the other day, I've been watching your videos or your services, Brother Tim. You're just a little bitty fellow in a great big church. And I thought, yeah, you know, I'm a little bit small in stature. That's okay. Serve a great big God. But I don't, have a, I, don't, I don't have a complex about it. I don't ever think about it. I don't even think about, oh, well, you're, you're not as tall as somebody else. Well, whoop-de-doo. What does that mean? Right? But, you know, it comes a point, you know, you get on the phone and they'll say, I'll be with you shortly. <laughs> and then you, 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 you uh, go on the airplane and we'll be leaving shortly. I'm thinking, who is all these shortly people they're talking about? But well, let me go with you again. The God of peace. Now here's why I want to be shortly. Amen. Shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. I don't care how little you feel this morning or how little people think you are. The God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is with you. It's upon you. His favor has arisen upon you. You are his elect, his called, his ordained, his people for the sins of Glory to God in the highest. Amen. Pick up that serpent by the tail. Amen. Pick him up by the tail. He'll become a stick. Amen. You will bind the devil. Amen. You will overcome. This is who you are. Amen. Hear Brother Branham saying, in the message, hear ye him. Oh, how the Holy Spirit must bless to come up to the Father. Now, he's just given a He's not preaching the Trinity here. He's just giving a, a, a drama. Said uh, the Holy Spirit must bless to come up before the Father saying, you know what? Your servants are compromising. They're beginning to say the days of miracles are past. And there's no such thing as divine healing. We don't need all that shouting and speaking in tongues and gifts. Let's just be a church. Took all the glory from the power in the church. And maybe turn it in some type of an organization or sort. You know, God then blesses. When he realizes the power he left in your hands. Amen. Oh, but you say, you're just stirring the crowd and working up emotions. He says in end time evangelism today, the scientific theory of the modern so-called religious group has tried to prove This blessed thing that we have called the Holy Spirit is only an emotion. See? That just don't stand up according to their scientific theory. Well, I would like to ask them this. What makes them change? What makes the drunkard stop drinking? 
Amen. What makes the prostitute cease from her evil life? What makes the cancer and the diseases depart from the people and the deaf and dumb and blind and the dead to raise up? Explain that. Is that emotion? It has emotion with it. But in itself is not emotion. It's a life. Hallelujah. This blessed Holy Spirit is not just an emotion. It's a life. But it's got emotion with it. Anything without emotion in it is dead. We ought to bury that dead religion today. Amen. And say we're here to worship God. We're here to give us praise. He said anything that's alive has emotion. Anything that don't have emotion is dead. And excuse the expression, but I think we ought to bury some of this emotionless religion in. Because it's dead. Has no emotion in it. And any religion that has not emotion should be buried because it is emotional. Hallelujah. This is our restoration. Do you love him this morning? Are you ready to serve him then? Amen. Are you ready there to take the word and go forward? Speak the word and go forward. We went backwards enough. It's time to go forward in Christ. Amen. Let him move in your life today. Let him defeat every devil in your life. Let's stand to our feet and worship God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your promises. Thank you that they're yes and amen. Thank you that they're true. Amen. Thank you that there's power. There's wonder working power in the blood of Jesus Christ. And that he's with you this morning. Amen. Let's water with thanksgiving now. With a praise. Amen. Praise to his name. I will praise the Lord. Amen. I will praise the Lord. Amen. Help us sing it. Just worship the Lord together with me. Oh, I'm praying. 